episode of the Teaching Canada's History podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Campbell, and in this special educator series, we're speaking with the finalists for the 2019 Governor General's History Award for Excellence in Teaching. Created in 1996, the award recognizes best practices in teaching Canadian history and is an opportunity to highlight the important work that teachers and students are doing to interpret and share the stories of the past. On today's podcast, I'm speaking with Bridget Wright, a grades 9 to 12 teacher at Strathclair Community School in Strathclair, Manitoba. Thank you so much for speaking with me today, Bridget, and congratulations on being named a finalist for the 2019 Governor General's History Award for Excellence in Teaching. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about your school and your students? Uh, thank you, Brick. Uh, my name is Bridget Wright. I teach at Strathclair Community School, which is a small school in southwestern Manitoba. It's a rural community. Our high school, 9 to 12, has around 70 students, and about 50% of them are from a pretty rural background of mostly Ukrainian, British, or well, Scottish or English descent. And about 30% of them are from a neighbouring reserve, which is signatory to Treaty 2. Uh, I teach uh, history, but also English, home ec, and a variety of other subjects, which is what tends to happen in a small rural school. That's great. And can you give us a quick rundown of the project that you submitted as part of your award application? Yeah, my project really covered the whole semester. And I was aiming for breadth, depth, and a personal connection to Canadian history. So the first section of it was basically a fairly quick walkthrough of the major events in Canadian history, especially those that affected the prairie regions, to give students a, a kind of an outline and a context. Then they picked a topic of their own choice, either a time period or an event, a major event, to research in depth and the purpose of that was to produce a museum quality exhibit which they would then exhibit to the community and the rest of the school and the third part was trying to establish personal connections to Canadian history by making a family tree which would go back hopefully five generations and then they would pick three people from the family tree and kind of write about their story and where they connected to events in Canada's history. That sounds like a really interesting project. How did you come up with this idea? Well, actually, I was part of an ELA uh, cohort, which is working on uh, uh, updating the Manitoba ELA curriculum. And I overheard an educator, he's a consultant in Winnipeg, I believe, talking about that if you applied the concepts of the ELA, the new ELA curriculum to history, then producing a museum quality exhibit on a topic of your choice would be kind of how to do that. And I wasn't part of this conversation. I just overheard him, but I thought it was a fantastic idea. And I was going to be teaching history the next semester. This was last summer. And I hadn't taught it for a few years. So I thought this was a great idea, but I didn't feel like it was enough to be the whole semester. And I felt that students would need an outline and a context from which to pick their topic. And then I also wanted them to work on a personal connection. So basically I kind of developed it around this man, Warren Nickerson's idea. And what kinds of topics did your students end up choosing for their projects? Well, several of them were interested in the Second World War. So one of them did major events of the Second World War. One did how it impacted people at home and the soldiers. 
um, servicemen who went abroad. One did the events of Dieppe and Juneau Beach and how they impacted Canada. Uh, another student did the uh, major events of the First World War. We also had a, a student did uh, the impact of residential schools. Another one did the um, effects of the treaties. Uh, uh, immigration to the prairies was another topic, how, how immigration affected the prairies. Uh, the Quebec referendum was another topic. Um, those are the major ones that I'm remembering right now. This, the class was pretty small, so that is most of it. And can you talk a little bit more about this personal connection that you really tried to encourage? How, how did your students go about delving into the personal side of, of the histories? Well, through the family tree. So first of all, I made a family tree for myself and went through it with them and talked about three people in my family tree who had, had, had connections to major events in history. And then I asked them to first, to, first of all, try and go back five generations through talking to family members and looking in community histories and family histories. And then to pick three people and to try and connect them to major events. For example, there were a lot of students who have had uh, family members go to residential school. Um, a lot of students had, had, par- had not parents, but people in their family who had been involved in the First World War, Second World War, Korean War. Uh, some people had family members who had been involved in the 60s scoop. Um, some people had family members who had emigrated from other places and talked maybe a bit about their experience as agricultural pioneers in our area. So those were the kind of things that they connected to most. And why do you think it's so important to establish this personal or family or community connection to history? I think that's when you realize that history is actually something that affects you, that the events of the past have created the present that you live in, and that this is something that is not just to do with you, but this actually produced you and your life. Is that one of the ways that you keep your students engaged in studying history? Yes, I think making a personal connection is is so important when you realize that this is actually something that affected you. I remember personally the first time I read in school the First World War poets and realized that my grandfather was there. That was a really big moment for me, realizing how history is connected to the individual. And so I hope that my students would also get the same feeling of realizing that this was important. Yeah, that's definitely a major way to, to make history relevant for, for students and for, for youth today. Why do you think it's so important for young people to study history? What does it do for students on an individual level, but also for our communities at large? Okay, well, I think it's really important for people, students and people in the community, to understand that the, the past is not a bunch of dead information. The, pa- the past created the present and it will create the future. And that the world we live in is a direct result of, of history and events in history and the attitudes and choices and policies and opinions and beliefs of people which have created these situations. So 
I think from that, you can also understand that you have a voice in history, that many major events or changes have happened because of individuals giving voice to their opinion. So I think that realizing that history is not, uh, in the present, things are not just the way they are because that's just the way they are. They are a result of choices and opinions and decisions made. Um, Apart from that, I think they also need to understand that history is about many different perspectives. And the more perspectives you can have, the more truth you will actually uncover. And that it's not just about the people with the pens and the power, there's also the perspectives of all the other people. And when you realize that there are other perspectives, I think you also uh, gain empathy for people by understanding their perspectives and their situation, and that that can impact the present. If there's ever truly going to be reconciliation in Canada, then European Canadians need to understand the perspective of Indigenous people and their experiences and their how they have uh, been treated. And for ex- another example, people who maybe don't like the idea of refugees or immigrants, if they think if they know that a hundred years ago different groups of immigrants received the same kind of discrimination that they may be um, seeing playing out in the present. Maybe that makes them think again about their feelings. So the more you can bring in different perspectives, I think the more you can create empathy. How would you recommend other teachers try to incorporate different perspectives into their classrooms then? I think when you look at historical events, you need to be aware that uh, about who is telling the story and what their biases might be or appear to be, and then to think about who are the other people who were there and whose voices are not heard and what might their response have been. And if you can research to find out what their response might have been, then I think that is also a very valuable um, exercise. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any other tools or resources that you would recommend to other teachers who are trying to strengthen their practice? Well, I've used the Canada People's History video clips quite a lot. I really like that it gives you a visual. It also, I mean, it's it has a fairly Eurocentric uh, point of view, but it also gives you opportunities to, to talk about who is talking, whose diary um, excerpts are being used, and what might have been perspectives of other people there at the time. Uh, something I want to do more is to go to more museums with my students and have them see um, more examples of museum exhibits. And also, I really like that, especially in the family tree part of my project, they really use their families as resources. And I felt that was a great, a great resource. And, uh, you know, later on, when their grandparents maybe are no longer around, they will have asked them the questions that I think many people wish they had asked their grandparents while they were here, in order to learn more about their experiences of life. So I think using family and community is a really good strategy. Yeah, I totally agree. I want to wrap this up with just one final question that kind of serves as an overall reflection on your project as well as your career. And that is, what advice would you give to your younger self as a teacher? (laughs) 
I think that's a big one. (laughs) I think I would advise myself not to be so worried about keeping control and being more willing to let students take responsibility and take control of their own work with within a structure, like within a framework, so that they still have a a guideline to work to, but definitely a, a relinquishing of control. That's great. Thank you so much, Bridget, for all of your insight and for sharing your project with me today. Thank you.